Welcome to No Player Connected. I'm your host, Professor Jam, or if you don't want to use my superhero name, uh, you can just call me James. And we are once again joined by an expert in games that involve confusing time travel and making you cry, Clem. That is me. Uh, did you mention that your human name was James because I called out that you were called Professor Jam previously? I did. I did. Yeah, That's a little okay. callback for you. Thank you. Well, I didn't do it on the potty, I did I? I did it via Discord after I listened to it back and realized that you were using a pseudonym. You don't need to talk about what you do on the potty. I think that's... <laughs> you don't need to share those details. It's fine. Life is strange, James. Life is strange today. <laughs> you said the line. You said the line. <laughs> God, look to the fourth wall. Yeah, yeah. I, I do regret... That's one of the reasons I regret streaming this game instead of just playing it alone. And weeping? Uh, yeah, and weeping was every time something weird happened, somebody in chat would go, wow, I guess this life really is strange. Oh. Do you, I think, like, it's such a gorgeous game to watch. So I get, like, it's worth streaming. I've definitely watched playthroughs from other people. But at the same time, I think to really get emotion... I, I personally couldn't be emotionally impacted by something if I was also somewhat performing even like as casually as streaming is a performance I think it would take me out of it too much yeah yeah that's that's kind of how I felt like I was playing it and I I had heard a lot of people say that this game is very emotional and so I was on the fence about streaming it but I was like oh what's the worst that could happen and then I found out so um, <laughs> we can talk more about that later but we will. Uh, are you willing to give a succinct uh, summary of what this game's all about? We all know that succinct is my weakness. There's not a giant floating city this time to gush about. Unless you gush about the diner we're in for 45 minutes. I could, but I'll, say, I'll spare the listeners. Yeah, this is a little bit easier than Bioshock Infinite. So, Life is Strange is like a episodic adventure game which is very sort of story-based, where supposedly your opinions matter, but we can talk more about that later, about the protagonist, Max Caulfield, obviously that's a nod to Holden Caulfield, who comes home from being in the big city to her small town and reconnects, or wants to reconnect with her ex-best friend, Chloe, who's been having a worse time than Max has since she moved away. There's a bit of tension between them because Max didn't really write to Chloe at all, even though she wanted to. Teenagers are complicated. And then she starts going to, the reason she's come back to her small town is to go to Blackwell Academy, which is famed for its photography. She wants to study photography. So she starts going to school there again and discovers at this point, after arriving back in her small town, that she can time travel. <laughs> And that's life is strange. It's like uh, I ca I come home, I learn that I can time travel, but then stay at high school for like I don't know how long the time period is that life is strange takes place over. Is it like a semester maybe? It's like a week. I oh thought. shit! Okay, yeah, like, well that's like... too much that happens in that week. <laughs> <laughs> I could be wrong. It could be like a couple weeks, but I believe it happens pretty fast. Oh, that really changes how I feel about a few things, but yeah, okay. It's like a week in the life of a new time-traveling 18-year-old who's sort of somewhat a little bit a story, like a coming-of-age story, but also not. It's a lot going on. I think that I think I did a good job. Did I do a good job? Yeah, you did a you did a great job. I mean, that's what, like that's not the story. 
<laughs> that's not the story, but that's like what it's about. It was made in 2015 by the developer Don't Nod, which is a palindrome, obviously Don't Nod, and it was published by Square Enix. Facts. Got some. Fa I'm putting some yeah. facts in. I was just sort yeah. of like help balance out my terrible storytelling skills. I would have no idea if you were lying to me. If you're like Naughty Dog acquired the studio in a merger and then sold it to Square <laughs> Enix, I'd, I'd be like, yeah, huh? All right, I believe. Oh you. no, I know. I know the facts. I'm just bad at telling the stories. I think the. I think you did a good job summing up the story there. Yeah, you're Thank welcome. You. Anything you would add? Just that Square Enix is, they're like French, right? Yeah. That would explain, I heard someone say that that explains why the school system is a little weird in this game. Because it's, like they're 18 and like 19, right? The students mm -hmm. depicted here. But the school is like a weird hybrid of a college and a high school. Or at least it feels yeah. like it to me. And so there's that one, like, weird standout bit there. But I think that's just a French thing. I think they're either... That's, their schools are just weird, or maybe it was, like, a little trick that they played on us Americans. But I, I don't think that's how most of our schools are. No, that actually almost just tripped me up a little bit. Because I, I, like, I know the story, but then as I was telling the, the, the story, I saw Blackwell Academy in my mind. I was like, hold on, that's a high school. But she's 18 and she's like, this is a post high school, like photography course that she's taking and it and it did trick me. But I think perhaps, I don't know, this is me talking out of my asshole. I think one of the reasons for that could be, I know like Don't Nod was really inspired by a lot of indie movies, movies that might be at Sundance, 90s TV shows, Twin Peaks and Buffy. And I think because of all of that combination, a lot of those things take place at like American high schools, like Juno, for example. And that might be why visually it's, it looks like an indie movie, but also like the setting might be adapted slightly to be more of that familiar space that we see in a lot of like teen indie movies. Yeah, it's got that weird vibe of it's still college. So you're trying to find yourself and you're on your own and you're figuring out your identity. But all of the imagery is still high school, yeah. if that makes any sense. And so it's a weird combo to me. But it works. I think yeah. it works. It's fine. I'm happy with it. Don't yeah. change anything. If you're listening, don't no, Don't change it now. Too late anyway, probably. <laughs> but don't change it on our behalf. Ignore yeah. James. Yeah. With Everyone the, else does. <laughs> with the re-remaster, do not, <laughs> do not separate the high school and the college. They must remain conjoined. Do you know what? I saw that you were playing the remastered version and I wasn't. And I was a little bit curious. But I don't think mine looks any different than what I saw on your stream. Yeah, Jar Jar Binks looks better in the remaster. <laughs> they definitely, I, I think they got rid of the puppet and the little animatronics <laughs> and they just CGI'd everything. Okay. Speaking of the college and the school bits, do you think they captured the feel of college decently in this? I think they captured the, the feeling of high school decently from the perspective of a British person who has always wanted to go to an American high school and idolized American movies, yes. But I do I, I don't really know as much about an American college life. I think like typically if you see college in movies, it's just like frat parties, right? And there's no frat here. So outside of that, I've got no clue what I'm, I should be expecting. So right. I think you're the expert on that, James. Wait, did you go to college? I went to university. Oh, that's the same thing. Yeah, I know, but it's a British university. An American university, like culturally, very different. I would expect. I don't know. 
Well, they? high school definitely is. Like, we don't have groups. We don't have the jocks. You know, we don't play sport here. <laughs> like, that doesn't exist. We don't have the band geeks. We don't play. We don't have interests. So I was going to say, what, what do you guys do at school? Aside, from, Like, obviously you've got class, but like you hang out we with each just, other, right? We just have, we just like smoke cigarettes behind the bike sheds. Not now, it's vaping, obviously. And like get like drunk, I think. Like that's British. We don't really have interest. Like we don't do theater like, because obviously we're a very like stoic, calm, collected, private culture so we don't have like yeah apart from yeah those were the kooky guys why do you think they were so popular they were the only different people do you know like that's where they stood out we don't have theater here i mean we do have we are renowned for london theater but i mean like in high schools (laughs) you don't have that like there's no like uh, my drama club was like eight people and they never put on a play you guys love the big showmanship stuff so i'm assuming that university is like has a similar like shtick well i mean i think in american media like your stereotypical college is usually or or what they show in media is like one with a really big football team and maybe you're at an ivy league school so it's fucking huge and the campus is beautiful and stuff not saying that my campus that i went to wasn't beautiful but like i would say my college experience was kind of similar to how Blackwell is where a lot of people are just cooped up in their little dorm rooms and sometimes you come out and they're more social in this game than I was in college but the feel was still familiar to me like I felt like when I was playing through this game obviously I wasn't a teenage girl and I didn't have to deal with nearly as much drama as Max does but it was still very weird walking into the dorm rooms because that's how they look in real life I was like, whoa, I'm visiting. It's like visiting my friends back in college again. And I don't know, the way people act is very accurate to an American college student. I don't know. In some ways, it's accurate. Other ways, it's definitely over the top. Like, hey, brah, I'm totally blazed right now. Like that, I don't know, at least the people I hung out with didn't act that way. But I think that, um, and it might be a little bit too early to get into any criticisms of Life is Strange, but... For me, the biggest hurdle, I think, for a lot of people is just the way that they talk. It (laughs) doesn't feel very realistic for any era. It's awful. It's off-putting. Especially, like, I think I was an adult by that. Like, I wasn't 16, that's for sure. Like, I was an adult when I played Life is Strange for the first time. And it was almost an impenetrable hurdle because it was just, I just wanted to crawl up inside myself and die when I heard, like, hear Chloe speaking, you know? I'm like, oh, this isn't for me. This game's not for me. But I pushed past it and I had an incredibly rewarding, gorgeous experience that, like, took over my life for a few months. But it was, it was difficult. It's terrible. I think the language <laughs> is hella cool, Shaka bra. <laughs> I had to Google, I had to Google Shaka Bra to figure out what that meant. Because I didn't know if it was a noun, a greeting, a farewell. Uh, (laughs) I didn't know. (laughs) I didn't know what it meant. I'm old. I'm old. I don't think it's an old thing. Even though I, yeah, yeah, it is. And like, again, this takes place in 2013, right? Yeah, it was made in 2015, so it would have been a bit earlier. I was a college freshman in 2013, so this was my... I am I would have been a contemporary with Max, so we occupied the same cinematic universe. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> no one said no one said Shakabra, no one was saying hella around me. Although Shakabra is like a West Coast, like, surfer thing, so whatever. I'm in it the Midwest. It felt forced. 
It yes. felt forced either way. And, I mean, it was written originally by, obviously, as we discussed, like, a French guy. And it was translated by an American dude who was trying to, like, make... There wasn't always, like, a direct translation from, like, a French phrase or whatever. So he had to do his best. But I think his best wasn't quite good enough. <laughs> no offense to that guy. It would have been cooler if Chloe would just randomly go, ha <laughs> ha. That's what the French, French sound like. Yeah, they, they go, oh, yeah. oh, oui, oui. And you can't the, say that, James. You can't say that in 2023. I'll cut that part out. I, we haven't cracked into the French market yet, but I don't want <laughs> to take any chances. <laughs> One thing I will say, though, the little cute things that Max says, like when she says wowzers, I thought that was endearing because that's like stuff that I've heard in college. Like just the weird clash of like a lot of profanity uh, laden speech clashing with people who have never said a cuss in their life and are in college for the first time. And so you'd hear things like, oh, my Lanta, right next to like, <laughs> fuck this shit. And like, I don't know. It was, I thought it was a nice contrast between uh, Chloe's speech and Max's. Yeah, I don't know if that's what they were. I mean, obviously they were trying to show that Chloe was a, a troubled teen, but I, I don't know how deep the thought went there. I feel like the characters in general, well, no, I don't know if that's true, actually. I, outside of their way of speaking, like, what happens to them is, you know, rich and, and complex, for some of them at least, but the actual way they present their personalities and stuff, very uh, shallow. Really? For a couple of them, like Kate, for example, like, she's just, you could pick her out, she's just a trope, right? You could just pick her out of anything and put her in Life is Strange, or, like, take her out, pop her in, and I Mean Girls. Like, it's still the same, right? Uh, oh, yeah. I guess the Kate thing... Wait, not Kate, sorry. Victoria. Kate, great. I was gonna say, Kate's got a lot, like, going on. Like, I actually Kate, really fantastic. like Kate as a, love as Kate. a character. Yeah, you were almost... Yeah, I mean, it's curious that you say you like Kate, but... The evidence. We'll get into yeah, that later. Well, <laughs> we'll get into that later. Your shortcomings as a human My being. Biggest but. regret. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we can we can get into the characters. I know you said we'd uh, we'd take our time criticizing the game, or like we'd get there later. But I, and I don't know if this is necessarily a criticism. This is just like something I noticed. But how much of this would you say is just, like, the trolley problem when we get into, like, the plot of it and the problems that you encounter in Life is Strange? I don't... See, I don't... I mean, it's most rudimentary, sure. But I think, like, it's it's not really about that at the end of the day. I think it's about learning a lesson about your your action has consequences, right? As they like to tell you the whole time, like this yeah. action will have consequences. It's about like, I don't know, I think it's more about the fact that sometimes you just lose people and there's nothing you can do about it. And it's almost like this fantasy of like, you always, like when something bad happens, you go through your head and all the things you would do differently, right? Yeah. And this game is saying you can do all those things differently, but you couldn't have changed the outcome anyway because this is just how it is. I think that's what Life is Strange is. So yeah, I, it might use the trolley problem to like get to that, but I think that's like the ultimate lesson. And obviously the decision at the end impacts that a little bit or a lot bit. But also I think that the trolley problem, typically you don't have any emotional connection, right? That's not, it's just more of a... Well, ethical thing. It's got nothing to do with how you specifically feel. 
Whereas with Max, she had like she loves Chloe, but she also you know like there's people she care about. She cares about in the town. Okay. See, when you well when you say the like sometimes you just lose people and that's the message here. But I mean throughout the game you can consistently save people or like help no. them. No, no, you can't, James. You can save Kate, Kate. died because of me. Okay. <laughs> no, you can save Kate. You... I can't, you can't go back. You can't go back with Kate. <laughs> you can't rewind time. She's dead to me. <laughs> I mean... Kate, in my world, is dead, James. And I couldn't do anything. And you, that's a big lesson. <laughs> Don't take that from me. Don't take that from me. <laughs> I wanted to save her. I thought I said everything right. Yeah. What? <laughs> well, like, you can save Kate. You can save Chloe. I, we can talk about that later. Like, you save her. And then maybe do or do not save her later. You could save William. Although, like, obviously to progress the game, you can't save him forever. Uh, that's a weird time travel thing. But I don't know. When I've seen different trolley car problems, it's stuff like there's three people on one track, one person, but you know them on the other. Oh, you know them? Uh, yeah. and But, I mean, there's obviously, like, a bunch of different variations of it. And... I don't know, like, when I go through this game, I think, like, how much of this is something that I'm, like, morally obligated to help with? How much of this is due to my inaction? Max just, for, like, a, obviously for anybody, but for a teenage girl, she just has, like, so much put on her shoulders. Like, you now have the power to just manipulate the world and everybody in it and fix problems. And, I mean, the solutions last. Like, she can do some serious, like, changing of the timeline. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of getting off topic there with how much responsibility she has. But I, I do like your perspective on it, though, too. Because a lot of it is, for lack of a better term, oh, I don't want to say pointless, but, like, it's futile. Like, making some of the changes based on what happens later on, a.k.a. the whole yeah. town getting possibly creamed by a tornado so i was just gonna like add a little bit of context for anyone who i don't think anyone would listen to this if they weren't a life is strange fan but perhaps they are so at the at the start of this podcast they said she comes back to school in her little hometown and discovers that she has time travel abilities but for broader context she discovers that because in the very first part of the game she sees her best friend from when she was little Chloe get shot and that brings such a surge of emotion out of her that she is able to rewind that moment and start off the day again back in the class that you start in at the beginning of the game and go through that moment and save her and change that course of events and then we learn over the next few hours few episodes that there's also a murderer in town that we have to find out who that is there's a storm coming. Why is the storm coming? Find out later. You know, there's a lot. There's a fucking shit is going down in the town. It's not just, oh, I can rewind time. Let's see who my crush is. Make sure that he likes me the most. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was um, <laughs> I was really mulling over the fact that you said my crush, he, if he, if he well, likes me the most. Curious. I may have revealed too much. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. Let maybe, me yeah. go to the cinema with Warren. He invites me to the cinema. I say, yes, Warren. I would love to go to the cinema with you. I have no interest in Chloe. She's irritating as fuck. And she keeps <laughs> saying shaka bra. Okay. Right. I like you, Warren. Look at your fun t-shirt about Schrodinger's cat, Warren. I like you. 
and the game says, yes, you said you would go, but we'll ignore that part of the story. Did you pick Warren over Chloe? Yes. Every fucking option oh, I got. Oh my god. All right. Uh, what? How how can you so so you think Chloe is is too annoying and so that's why you picked Warren? One Warren, like eighteen year old me, Warren is my dream boy. Okay, so that was it was a bit of self insertion. Okay. Two, Chloe irritated this. Sh- I hated spending time with her. She's so irritating and grating and like everything that she is about is like so. I know that it's because her dad died. Okay, I like I get that she's had like a shit time, but for me playing the video game, I'm not I'm not super empathetic to that at least until like uh, episode three I think it is when that's that is the biggest fucking most soul destroying thing I've ever had to do in any video game ever. Um, but I don't care, dude. Like just fucking get over yourself, because it's it's like this whole fucking persona. Like oh, I've got tattoos and who cares? Can we just have a fucking conversation that's not about Chloe for a change? Thank you. You know, what's Warren? <laughs> wait, yeah. wait, see, the the reason why I was so intensely anti Warren was, <gasps> yeah, I, I'm a Warren hater. I'm no, like, no, get out! It's, you, you can't it's because you don't like his hair because you're a man. Well, you no, just no, 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 hold on. Steve Harrington. I, I, I let you talk for the for the Chloe part. <laughs> they they hated him because he spoke the truth. <laughs> the thing about Warren is I saw a lot of, like, part of me in him. Like the, no, I, don't I was, ruin Warren. Well, no, no. Like, okay, I'll, I won't read too much <laughs> into that statement. Like, the, like, I was definitely for a while in that, like, nice guy mentality. And I get, like, the nice guy vibes from Warren. Where, like, haha, like... If I'm your friend for long enough and I'm nice enough, like, maybe we'll be romantically involved. Haha. <laughs> but, like, I don't have the... I don't have the fucking balls to, like, say it ever. And so, like, early on in the game, I was like, Warren's a nice guy. He's just going to keep bending over backwards, but never actually say, Hey, Max, why don't we, you know... Go to the movies to see Go Ape or whatever it is? Well, yeah, he does say that. Well, but he's like, haha, like... Let's go see a fun little movie. Like, he's not like, hey, babe. Like, you know. Good. <laughs> he's not, like, revolting? Yeah, you're correct. <laughs> I don't know. Or he should just be more forthcoming. Like, I don't you know. You know what? Uh, that's that's quite a good observation. I think, like, I've got two things to say about that. One, it's a good observation because Warren was actually inspired by Xander in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's, like, what the dev said. And at the time of Buffy, everyone loved Zonda. Now, in 2023, people have problems with Zonda because he was, like, really misogynistic and kind of gross. But Warren's not. But, so I just want to make that distinction. But Zonda was, like, the goofy best friend in Buffy, right? That was secretly... Well, not very secretly, but in love with Buffy. Right. Like, so that does a very astute observation. But if you're going to make Warren, like, oh, the nice guy, like, oh, I don't... Why make him fucking hot, dude? Don't make him hot. Like, make him, like, kind of, like, gross. And that would make sense. I think he's a dreamboat. (laughs) Not now, obviously. I'm old. But, like, like 18-year-old me. Yeah. Uh, Oh, he's gorgeous. What are you talking about? I I think we... I guess we just have to agree to disagree on that one. He's, like... His skin is 
skinny. He has like those like like he reminds me of like Pacey from Dawson's Creek. Like the I've never lot, seen like, a sh- show in my life. You keep saying these shows. I've never seen a TV. Okay, all I've all I mean is he wears like the short sleeves over the long sleeves. That's oh that oh that's my most sexual fantasy. <laughs> Short sleeves over long sleeves. Do you remember Seth Cohen from the MC? I'm gonna need you to explain this in like Halo Three terms for me. I don't. But no, I I get what you mean though. I get what you mean, and I guess I don't even I don't even hate Warren that much as like yes. a character so much as like the archetype that I'm sick of and like the the stereotype because he he's not like an awful nice guy like he's not entitled um he is pretty nice to to max and chloe he sticks up for them but it's still just i would have liked a more complicated character than the do-gooder nice guy guy friend that it's pretty clear has feelings for the main girl that's what you want out of him dude you want him to be a dick like he's a nice guy I, i want him to either not be interested in Max and just a friend, or I want him to, like, be forthcoming, be like, hey, we've been friends for a while, but I was wondering if maybe we could be something more. And then maybe there's just an outright rejection or acceptance there. You're you're in the middle. You're in the middle with this, and they're being cowards. Just like every nice guy out there, you gotta pick a side. What's wrong with waiting to see how things slowly develop naturally? That's I'm a fan of that. Well, how how long is he going to wait, though? Dude, you just told me at the start of this podcast it was only a week. Damn you. <laughs> Damn you. Well, well, hold on. The events of the game take place over, like, a week. But she's yeah. been at Blackwell for, like, I want to say a month or two. Well, you're changing your story. No, now, no. You? I'm reciting the story how it uh, how it's been told, so. <laughs> I don't know. I Warren's okay. Uh, Warren's fine. I think you've budged my opinion of Chloe, though. Because the whole, yeah. the whole, can we talk about, or like, can we talk about something that isn't Chloe? That's fair. Because everything is literally about how her life sucks. Maybe we talk about Max's interests. Oh, pictures are pretty and cool. Right? And, like, Rachel Amber, like... Oh, my god! I understand. Yeah. Dude, what? Go on. Well, you have strong... <laughs> no, I, I just meant, like, oh, my God, yeah, like, we get it. You liked Rachel. Like, Max is here right now. Like, doesn't that seem yeah. a little rude? Exactly. That's my point. That's what I, exactly what I was going to say. Everything about Chloe frustrates me. And I don't find her attractive. I'm not, like, <laughs> as a straight person. Just she's not my female type. Like, if, if there was, like, a hot girl maybe maybe i would change my mind about this a little bit but not really like i don't find her attractive i don't find her personality attractive she's irritating she's self-obsessed i don't see what she's bringing to the table here when you've got warren (laughs) sweet little warren asking you how you are no (laughs) (laughs) oh (laughs) that is pretty funny you know what? You've you've convinced me. You've convinced me. Although it's too late, Arcadia Bay has been destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you cho- you chose Bay over Bay? I okay. So I guess this is kind of like the thing with Warren, where I'm more annoyed with like 
the concept than the actual guy. I don't like it when movies or games give you like the the fun person that you're with who you unfortunately you have to sacrifice them even though they make you so happy for the greater good. And I was like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to be happy with this friend of mine that I've been on wacky adventures with. I'm going to let the town fucking blow up or get blown away or whatever. Also, it's a giant fucking tornado. How did you not notice it coming? You should have all evacuated. So, uh, yes, I guess in the timeline I chose, everyone in the diner gets blown up by that gas explosion. And people get hit with flying debris. Wow. But at least I'm with Chloe, who you've now uh, tainted for me. So now I'm going to be in an unhappy marriage with her for the rest of my life. And all my yeah. friends are dead. Yeah, precisely. Dude, I couldn't... Like, everyone... When I, like, I did a lot of Reddit, a lot of YouTube after finishing Life is Strange because I wasn't ready to, like, leave it behind yet. So all I could do was watch other people play it and talk about it. And everyone was like, oh my god, was it Bay or Bay for you? I couldn't decide. I was in the, I was just like, yeet, ah, fuck off, Chloe. <laughs> See you later. Like, no hesitation. But, every, like, for a lot of people, it's, like, this, this big, like, oh, dramatic. I mean, I get it. It's a dramatic moment, but, like, not, I didn't give a shit two ways but the storm is coming because max creates a storm with her time travel right like she fucks it up like in a butterfly effect scenario that's where the butterfly is that's warren propaganda i think he he propagated that theory to drive a wedge between max and chloe so it doesn't surprise <laughs> me that you bought into that <laughs> oh it's, it's chaos true. theory it's chaos theory bro as a scientist i believe i'm on warren's side of it um <laughs> Sorry, I didn't go to the uh, Fire Walk With Me concert and I was at home learning, okay? <laughs> I was at home studying. I'm going to use that, I guess, I'll, or I'll impart that to, to other people. Yeah, if someone's moving in on your girl, just say that a tornado is going to wipe out town if they don't pick you over her so i really i see i'm just surprised i i thought you were a like pragmatic kind of guy i thought you wouldn't i thought you would have been like arcadia bay 100 percent of the time choose the bay fuck chloe oh if it was real 100 percent. it was oh. it was more of just a what a refreshing opportunity like because normally okay. I, I would say in most games and movies it would be a tearful goodbye but i know you have to do you have to let me go max and then, y'all you know, sacrifice. So, but the town is saved, and maybe we can move on. And Max holds Warren's hand, and they go to the movies or whatever. Uh, oh. Whatever. Lame. Let everyone fucking die, and I drive away with Chloe into the sunset. I feel like that moment is Chloe's only redeeming moment, right? She suddenly realizes that she's been a dick for the entire game. And she's like, oh, actually, I, sh I deserve to die. And you're like, oh my I'm God. <laughs> I've been praying for this moment, Chloe. I don't, I don't know if a, if a troubled teenager acting out necessarily means she should get shot in the bathroom, but that's just me. <laughs> well, I just, I'm just saying that like, she, she accepts that her life is not as valuable as like the entire bay. She's doing the trolley problem. And she's the, the solo guy on the track, right? And she's putting... So she's not the the guy that shifts the train to the other track. She's on the track and she's shouting to the guy, you know what, just fucking give it to me. Because I've been on this track too many times in the last week. <laughs> that is true. She is She's a big track fan. She's been on there. But, like, okay, so if someone told you there's a town of... 
however fucking many people on the coast. And there's a hurricane coming and it's going to wipe the town off the map. But if you put someone on a sacrificial altar and killed them to stop the hurricane, would you do it? Do I know them? <laughs> what? Does it does does it matter in this case? Yeah, like I'd kill a stranger to save strangers, of course. Okay. Uh, Is that something people struggle with? Well, I mean, for me, it's like, how come people didn't get out of town? Like, why why do I have <laughs> I to, to die? Actually, why do I have to kill someone else who's innocent? To make up for your incompetence. Like, you didn't see this giant tornado coming and leave. Sure, but it's Chloe's fault the tornado's coming by being saved. <laughs> and probably, therefore, it was brought on very suddenly. I don't know anything about weather. I'm not, like, a weather guy. That's not my... I don't jive with weather. Yeah, I... But, <laughs> like, it seems sudden. Yeah, girls with dyed hair cause hurricanes. I think I read that on... Fox News or something, so I think this is grounded in reality. That is the only, as far as I can discern, there might be, like, there are tiny changes, but that's the only real decisions matter part of the game, despite people saying it's a decisions actually matter game. Like, your decisions with the Kate conversation, for anyone listening, Kate is suicidal, she's standing on, like, a height and she's gonna jump off, and she's having a conversation with Max, and the prompts in the conversation that you choose can save her, change her mind, or they could not, right? But you you don't ever try to, I mean, maybe you do try to make her jump, but there's no, like, horrible options, it's just you have to pick the best option based on what you know about Kate from playing the game. So, like, that it's not really a decision it's more like a mini game (laughs) right yeah but the end but the bay or bay is the only real decision you get to make i think it's the only decision you get to make unless you well if you if you stick with chloe every decision you made prior stays right yeah i don't know yeah i guess so yeah so if you if you decide to sacrifice chloe Everything gets wiped clean, and you just get a bunch of cutscenes that tell you what happened in lieu of you actually making the decisions. If you save Chloe, the town gets mostly wiped out or completely wiped out. I think Kate is in a hospital far away, though, so she lives again. What's up, Kate? Yeah, we, we love Kate here. But well, for me, she wasn't. <laughs> She was dead for me. Yeah, yeah. I guess you could go <laughs> Just the. Yeah, if you, if you want to go the Undertale genocide route and kill literally everyone, uh, you let Kate die. I tried to save Kate. And- like I loved Kate. I loved Kate more. Like I would have. Like sure, if Kate was interested, maybe maybe Warren could step aside, but she wasn't. Okay. <laughs> And I tried to save. I just wanted the record to be clear. I did not want Kate to jump. What did? Uh, what was the part that tripped you up with saving Kate? I don't know. But I watched somebody play it and save Kate. And to me, those felt like answers that would have made her jump. Really? Like slightly cold or like, I don't know. To me, it just didn't seem, I don't know. Maybe I got, like, you had to, like, talk about her family at one point, maybe, and then, yeah. like, also a Bible verse, and maybe I didn't get those right. Oh, I didn't, I don't think I did a Bible verse. I mostly just was like, yeah, people do care about you. What about your dad? Because I, thank God I'm a nosy bastard and poked around her room and found that her dad is actually supportive. And so I brought him up, and that seemed to help. Maybe I didn't mention her dad. I did go through, like, everyone's shit, though, the entire game. Like, I didn't leave any clickable object unclicked 
Yeah. Maybe that's like a French thing, but I feel like when I was in college, people would not let me just go on their computer and read their personal emails. Yeah, probably just a French thing. Yeah, look, your mom's terminally ill. Oh, your dad's supportive, but your mom's not. Huh, weird. Anyway, I gotta go catch you in science class later. <laughs> That's basically what it's like here. So the reason also, so just anyone listening, this is irrelevant actually, I realise, but the reason that Kate was suicidal uh, amongst, I guess, like her, the issues with her mom, the there was a video of her going around school of her kissing a bunch of boys drunk at a party and they were like calling her like a slut or whatever and like saying it was a porn vid and stuff like that and I think that this is a good segue onto how Life is Strange addresses so many teen deep teen troubles not like just the basic like oh who shall I date like my best friend girl or like Warren but like actual like guns in school, people's like dads beating them up, like stepfathers, uh, parents dying, videos and bullying. Like it covers all of that shit. Yeah. So once you get past like that like top level shit, like whoever wrote the script, the actual like shit that they're dealing with is real and difficult. And I think it deserves a lot of praise for that. Yeah, I, I agree entirely. One thing that I enjoyed, and I don't know if this is actually like a big major thing that people care about, but uh, do you remember Taylor in game? No. She, she was one of the people in Victoria, the like mean popular girls orbit. And she's the one that you can express like, hey, sorry about your mom, that sucks. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like Victoria kind of treats you bad. Like, what's up with that? And the game, I, I feel like in a lot of media, it's tempting to just have like the popular kids, toadies, just be like henchmen and like, man, we love our overlord and we're evil too. Man, that's our character. But like, Taylor's like, hey, thanks for, you know, like expressing that and we should hang out sometime. And she's not just like comically evil or snobby or something like even the quote unquote like bad characters are revealed to have like insecurities and troubles they're dealing with. Um, there's miscommunication between some characters. They fuck with each other and then like resolve things. I, I think there's like a case of like a rumor spreading where one guy cheated on a girl or something i can't remember victoria's involved somehow and i was like oh she's always involved yeah she's but I, I don't know i like the complexity i like that it's not just here's your good guys here's your bad guys there's some nice characters or ones that you'd assume are nice that give you an attitude the girl with the drone is the one i'm thinking oh, of god i hate the girl with the <laughs> drone dude like, no, I didn't actually come over for your drone. I'm just clicking on everything in this area, and you're one of the clickable items. I don't give a shit about your stupid little drone. <laughs> so, like, get off your high horse about drones, dude. I'm living in 2023. There's drones everywhere now, okay? <laughs> Are you good? I wish you hadn't brought her up, actually. It's annoyed me. <laughs> well, I know she's your main competitor for Warren as well, so I know this is a sore spot for you. But, like, in, in a lot of stories, you'd be like, oh, jock bad, nerd good. But you go over to one of the nerds and they're like a dickhead to you. And they're like, are you just here for my drone? By the way, I saw you're hanging out with Warren. And I was like, whoa, what the fuck? Listen, I'm just, like you, yeah. like you said, I'm just clicking around. I'm just hanging out. <laughs> I don't know why I'm being attacked all of a sudden. Even like Victoria has a redeeming moment. at the. Is it, are you at the club or the party or whatever when that happens? When you like go up to her and you're like, I don't know why you don't like me, but I need you to listen to me now. She's like, actually... I don't dislike you. I think you're really cool. You're just a bit quiet. And you, she, you can tell that she's just, like, in, not intimidated, but, like, Max's presence 
highlights in her things that she's insecure about because yeah she's popular and rich but she's not like edgy or interesting right so like they have that moment yeah and when you i mean i don't know if you did this but when she gets the paint dumped on her i was like i'm not gonna take a picture of you maybe we can like be nice to victoria and she i think she's a little nice to you in that moment but due to the demands of the game they kind of like still have her be mean later on but there's yeah. glimpses of victoria being nice that's the only like that's a big frustration in any any similar game where it's like yeah okay i made this decision i don't know what's gonna happen what the other option was like how would this have impacted my gameplay experience and i don't want to go back and make every, and remember every fucking thing I said, and do the opposite, and try and find out like what the alternate playthrough was. Apart from like Bay or Bay, right? That's fine. Do that twice yeah. if you want to. I didn't because not worth it. I've got no interest. But the rest of it, sure. I'd like to see how the little bits of dialogue change. Yeah, and they bring it up a few times. Like Max, if you if you decide not to take a picture of Victoria while she's covered in paint, she does reference it later on, like way later on in the game and i thought that was nice but the actual attitudes of the characters don't change a ton according to the choices made but that's just a limitation of like video games like (laughs) all right guys we made the no victoria paint saved Alyssa three times ending (laughs) branch of the game now we gotta work on hug warren but kiss chloe ending (laughs) it'd be cool it'd be cool to have like a distinct path for almost every decision, but that would bloat the game quite a bit. It would, but I mean, I guess I'd also just like to know, like, which of the decisions which have a considerable impact. I will. I just want to know what the, where the difference is like. I do like the breakdown at the end of each episode, though, that'll tell you, like, how many people picked whichever option. Yeah. Did you have any, like, crazy outliers there? I definitely did, but, like, to ask me now, I would not remember i don't know if i can check them still or how what i don't know what they what i can i can really twist the knife in your back with one of them i was part of the eight percent that showed no affection towards warren when i went back in time (laughs) dude i killed chloe so ultimately i have the last laugh yeah true like there's nothing you can do to worry i mean i well i killed warren and i saved chloe so Oh yeah, he did die in that scenario. Yeah, he blows oh. up. He was more like an incidental. I like put I look Chloe in the face and I'm like, right, see you later. I mean, technically, you kill Chloe, you kill Chloe twice in your playthrough. I only kill her once. Do I? In the alternate William is alive timeline, you know the soul crushing. Ki- or oh, I guess you Wait, don't. Do I kill her? I mean, I guess you don't have to. I did. Did you? I can't remember. Wait, do you kill Chloe? So, for for context... Oh, it's my turn to give context. You... For, for part of this game, you discover that you can jump into any photograph that you're in, no matter how far back in time it is. Because normally you can only rewind, like, what, 30 seconds? But yeah. with the aid of photographs, you can jump back to potentially your childhood. And Max goes back to when she's, like, 13... And saves Chloe's dad from getting into a car accident, which you could say is, like, the root of a lot of Chloe's problems. Well, if you do that, turns out he's a he's still a loving, supporting dad, and he gets Chloe a truck, which she then proceeds to get into an accident with, and she's paralyzed and slowly dying. And you have to 
exist in this parallel timeline for a while where Chloe is dying and arguably more miserable than original Chloe. And she asks you to basically pull the plug on her, like give her a lethal dose of some of her medicine. And it's this super heartbreaking emotional scene. And I I did it. I went along with it because she just seemed like she was going to die anyway. But I guess you don't have to. At least I don't think you do. I don't... Dude, like, that part of this game destroyed me completely. Sobbed. Couldn't see the screen. Couldn't see anything. <laughs> like, didn't care about the ending, but that, like, got to me. But I didn't remember at all that I had I could kill her. I remember... The thing that was, like, breaking me apart was, like, William. Oh, yeah. Like, because he's such a nice guy. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I have to take your dad away from you again? Like, I have to kill your dad? Like, this loving, sweet, beautiful man, William? Oh, you're... Like, it was such a fucking unnecessarily deep and painful, horrible thing that they did in that game. Why did they do that? Are you about to cry again? His life has changed. No, but it's like, oh, everything in this game, much like Bioshock Infinite, takes place at golden hour, right? It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's an Instagram story. It's an indie movie. It's a Sundance festival, right? But then suddenly they're like, oh, <laughs> pick whether or not your best friend's dad dies or she's paralyzed, like out of nowhere because you go in a fucking photo, dude. Stop that. So what you're Stop saying it. is on one track is Chloe and on the other track is her dad. <laughs> what you're telling me. But you don't get to make that decision, really, do you? Well, they, because you could turn the game off. <laughs> you could just be like... No, because you always go back to the main timeline. Yeah, yeah. So you don't... It doesn't really matter. There's no timeline where you're alive with William. The, yeah, that is true. That is true. I, I guess when I mentioned the trolley thing, I guess the the game brings it up, but you don't actually have the agency to say, sorry, Chloe, you're paralyzed, but your dad's alive. Hooray, William. We love him. Yeah, like, did you know that you could be walking around right now, but you, William wouldn't be here? Like, that's not... That was probably a lot for Chloe to take in in her state at that moment in time. She's completely different, too. Like, no blue hair. Like, she's sad, but in, like, a very different melancholic way. Yeah. And it feels kind of gross, too. Like, I do not like having that level of... Like I mentioned before, like, the responsibility and that power of, like... Haha, ha, I'm gonna jump into this timeline and, like, completely alter huge parts of people's lives, who lives, who dies, and then I get to undo it also. I don't know, it, it just felt very gross looking a guy in the eyes that you, like, basically brought back to life, and then you have to later condemn him to, again, get into a car accident and, and die. Yeah, because, like, in the, even though it's the original timeline... And William dies in the original timeline when Chloe is, like, I don't know, like, 13 or 12 or something. When you go back and he's there, there is no way you don't feel like you're the person killing him. Even though he was meant to die and he did die and you brought him back, it feels like you're the guy crashing into his truck on purpose. Yes. And that's all, it's so, like, even, like, trying to save him, I felt weird about it, but I was also, like, so scared that he was going to leave that house before I could, like, find whatever it was I needed to do in the little game part of it, right? Yeah. To stop him. And I was like, oh my god, William, I like, he, everything's going to be, but, like, dude, you're telling me to kill a lovely man? And, like, there's no separation, I think, between... Obviously, you know you have to do it because you don't have a choice. Because <laughs> illusion is a choice. Um... Choice is an illusion, but... <laughs> I'm leaving it in. <laughs> but 
I just, I didn't feel any different about it. If it was just like the first time he had died or that I'd gone through this whole thing. They were forcing me to kill this fucking guy and he's the one of the best characters in the game. I also like David. You like David? I will say that I came around to David, but the, and here, this is another part of the like, the power that Max has that makes me uncomfortable. Like, I don't know how you played it if you saw this, but there's there's the scene where, like, he catches Chloe smoking weed in her room. Yeah. And Max is there. And one of the, like, ways that things can, like, fork, he hits Chloe. Like, this is a grown-ass man hitting his Wait, stepdaughter. What? Yeah. Hold on. Oh. Did you not see that? Maybe part? I don't remember him properly. I thought he was like the stepdad trying his best but still hated, but he was also too awkward and man to like be loving. So it was like one of those standoffs where ev- everyone's a good person, but just the way that they are doesn't... A hopper from Stranger Things, you might say. <laughs> well, well, see, that's the thing is that part of the game, he is portrayed as you had just said. Like, he cares about his family. He's struggling with... Like, you know, he was in the war, in quotation marks, whatever. And so he's like a veteran trying to adjust. He's not understood by a lot of people. Other times he's infringing on people's privacy and he's like harassing young women at the college and interrogating them. But again, it's because he thinks there's something going on. And he does eventually lead to like the the main killer guy being caught. But... Yeah, there's a scene where he just hauls off and hits Chloe. And I'm like, well, that that irreversibly changes how I view this guy. Even if he didn't actually do it in the timeline. Because I obviously I reversed it. And I was like, whoa, what the fuck? We're not going down that road. So I reversed time to where he doesn't do that. But I'm left with that image of him now. And I think that ruined the character for me. Like, even at the oh, end. I didn't when, remember that. Well, it may not have happened in your in your game yeah i just thought he was like awkward misunderstood man that's quiet and hides his emotions yeah and doing his job you know like and he's too awkward to realize that like being creepy to teenage girls he didn't see it in that way he's just like i'm doing my job you know nothing will stop me from doing my job (laughs) i will yell at kate marsh i will i will (laughs) she knows something she knows something (laughs) but but yeah that was a part where i was like shit i wanna i wanna like david and i still cheered for him when he's fighting the killer but yeah Yeah. i was still like you you hit teenage girls so i don't know if i can root for you that much that's the great thing about this game is that the characters are complicated like they didn't just make david all bad or all good like they obviously they play into the cliche of like conflict between stepdad and stepchild but he's still like an interesting dude to to talk about like in my playthrough he gets sent to a hotel because i fucking i i tried to get him separated from uh what's his wife's name joyce yeah joyce i was like fuck this guy like this guy's awful and he gets thrown out and he kind of admits that he's being a dickhead and i was like well you know at least he can acknowledge his mistakes Instead of just being like a caricature and continuing to just be cartoonishly awful. Yeah, I think Joyce is a little bit one-dimensional. She's lovely, gorgeous, support Joyce's decisions, incredible mother, incredible friend to the family. But, you know, she is just that role, isn't she? She's just 
sweet, lovely mother, very strong, works herself to the bone. That's her character. Yeah, I wish we could have seen more of Joyce. Although I am looking... But she's here today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Um, we're like way into the episode now, but she's, she's at the Two Whales Diner, which is where we're hanging out for this episode. And oh. she's stuck in a purgatory. Should you, have, should you have explained that? What, that we're just hanging out in here? Yeah, is that like something that you need to explain at the start of every uh, like podcast episode, like the premise? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. It's not okay. that big of a deal. But yeah, Joyce is stuck in an endless loop of fixing up some vittles for everybody. And yeah, yeah, I, I never really thought about her character too much, but I guess that's because she is pretty one dimensional compared to everybody else. But some people are like that in real life too. They're just good, hardworking people that are. Nice. I feel like Zoolander right now describing some. She's nice and hardworking and nice and good. I think that's a really good like observation actually, because people always criticize media by saying, "Oh, the characters are so one-dimensional." I work in an office, right? Tell me how many of these motherfuckers aren't one-dimensional in this room right now? <laughs> because they're all fucking boring as shit, dude. And ultimately, that's accurate to life. People aren't interesting. That's going to be my life is strange. People aren't interesting. <laughs> Episode one. Everyone's Office. just a trope. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do know some people that are, like, interesting without being, like, like, having some dark secret behind them. Like, I know some people who are just nice, like Joyce. And it's like, oh, they're cool and you can have a conversation with them. But, yeah, they're not going to, like, once I hang out with them long enough, be like, I killed someone in the war. I do heroin. I'm setting up a surveillance system. I'm an evil artist. No, like, there's, there's yeah. just nice people out there. And that's fine. There's, like, 8 billion people. A lot of them are going to be caricatures and very similar to each other. We can't all be different. There's not enough, like, combinations. And some of them are babies. The RNG isn't strong so. enough. <laughs> some of them are ladies? No, babies. <laughs> oh, some of them are babies. Yeah. Oh, that baby was so one-dimensional. <laughs> what the God. hell? Five out of ten. Oh, you shit yourself again? Yeah, real original. <laughs> Get out of my house. <laughs> Ooh, I have a character question. I don't know how we're gonna how we're gonna fall on this. I don't even know how I feel about this. Is Nathan mm. as much of a villain as he is first made out to be? Yeah. Okay, we're we're the same then. Okay. <laughs> Well, okay. Next question. Yeah, well, because they try to... Okay, again, context. Nathan is, like, your troubled son of a rich guy who's not getting the support that he probably should, and also he's got mental health issues. And also he brings a gun to school and shoots Chloe. And towards the end of the game, it it's revealed... It, spoiler alert for... Life is strange, players who have not made it to the end of the game but are listening to this anyway. The seemingly chill art teacher is actually a serial killer who took Nathan under his wing. And he's like, oh, I was like a father figure to Nathan in a way. Blah, blah, blah. And I think they try to write it off like, oh, maybe he corrupted Nathan a bit. But I just could not give two shits about Nathan. Yeah, I think like it's, okay, Nathan's a massive cunt. He's a dick. He brings a gun to school and he uses it. And he's working with a serial killer. Okay, great. But oh, he has mental health problems and his dad 
treats him like he doesn't exist, cares more about his money, whatever. Um, okay, so that adds empathy to the situation, but it doesn't stop him from being a cunt. Yeah. Like, like I, I understand more, like, what turned him into that. He's just not a cunt for no reason. He's just a cunt with reasons. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> we can't forgive that shit, dude. Like, especially in today's climate, you bring a gun to school, I don't fit, there's no world... There's no timeline that Max could create in which I feel sorry for this kid, right? Yeah. No. That's to to bring in a different uh, piece of media. <laughs> I kind of feel that way about like Theon from Game of Thrones, where I'm like, <laughs> I don't like this guy. I don't think I'm ever gonna like this guy. He fucks over everybody, and oh, pee pee poo poo, mean dad. Like, who cares? He, like, lit two children on fire or whatever. He's awful. So. Yeah. Because people that empath like, no, I empathize with the situation. People that, like, forgive him or feel sorry for him, like, whatever. Think of how many people have the same circumstances as him, but don't do those things. Right? Yeah. Are we saying that everybody in his circumstance becomes a massive twat? No. Oh, then it has to be a little bit of Nathan involved. Is So you were more in the Life is Strange fan spaces, because I'm a, I'm a newcomer, you know? I'm a fake fan. Yeah. I just played it a couple weeks ago. Actually, it was just this last week that I finished it. But were there, like, the Nathanites? Any Nathan sympathizers out there? You know, I, don't, I feel bad for not having an answer to this question. It's been a long time since I played Life is Strange and was part of the uh, sort of internet list community but I don't I don't particularly remember any outstanding Nathan sympathizers obviously there's a lot of discussion around it I think like for the most part people have the same opinion as us okay um you'll find like the bigger divide around like the end moment and like discussions around saving Kate like they're a fan favorite so I don't think people care too much about Nathan's story to be okay, honest good Good. Everyone's right if they agree with me. So <laughs> right, we can just we can move on from that one then. Splendid, splendid. And Nathan, if you're listening, no offense, but it's a little fucked up what you did. So maybe don't do that. <laughs> I will say though, how much of a like the twist, the twist with Mr. Jefferson being the killer, does it feel right. like earned? Like, is there enough hints no. that he's evil, or is it just kind of out of nowhere? Well, I have this problem with everything. Every piece of media with a twist that require that infers somebody as a culprit, right? Right. There's only, I mean, for the most in most of these cases, there's only like eight people, and you can instantly rule out maybe five of them, and then they'll like point to it being one of them. So you're like, well, it's not him then, right? So that only leaves like two people. So it was either like David or the teacher or someone we haven't heard of, in which case shit storytelling. <laughs> okay? Yeah. And so like it had to kind of be the teacher, but it was also such a, I don't know. It almost felt like a story that you would read in Playboy. Like it was just a bit, I don't know actually, was is, is Playboy famed for like good stories? I think it might be. I think that might have been a bad example. I've heard of... Either way, it felt like a kid wrote it. <laughs> I was going to say, I've heard of Playboy being good with investigative journalism, but this might shock you, but I've never read any Playboy uh, in my life. Oh. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think it was very satisfying. It was like, I liked it because it had to be, 
again, it was like, oh, we liked this guy, but he was kind of a bit creepy, and, like, everyone's flirting with him, and now he's a murderer, and it's kind of, like, sexual weirdness to it. And he's talking to Max about staying pure and, like, like Amber and Chloe and stuff. Yeah. I don't... I mean, maybe it just gave me the ick in general, but it didn't feel like a clever part of the story. It wasn't, like, a good thing. Like, going back in time and seeing Chloe in a wheelchair, that was a good twist. Yes. That was a good unexpected twist, dude. The, the, the killer thing, a bit sleepy on that one. Yeah, and I, I'll admit, I had the twist spoiled for me. Like, that was one thing that yeah. I saw. But I agree with you. I felt like the Chloe being paralyzed by your decisions, trying to make your life better, that's the real twist of this story. Like, that's the thing yeah. that will actually... And, and we've ruined that twist for anyone listening um, <laughs> that hasn't played the game yet. But... The Mr. Jefferson twist, yeah, it just... I, I wish there was a little bit more foreshadowing, at least, so that there's a chance you can piece it together. Because it really, like, outside of him being at this weird underage drinking party thing, like, outside of that, he's just a... He's the quote-unquote cool teacher. It was, like, it's shoehorned in, or it's rushed. Originally, there were meant to be, I think, eight episodes, so maybe there was oh, going to wow. be some more nuance planned. I don't know. I think that would have probably been too long. As much as they made no attempt to drop any clues, the biggest clue was the fact it couldn't have been anyone else. That's a really good way <laughs> right? of putting it. I like that. And it, it is just like, he does such a 180 too. Like, uh, obviously, like, once the, once the facade is gone and he's, like, acting like his true self... Uh, but like some of the vulgar vile shit he says when you're in Max's like goofy mind palace thing uh really <laughs> yeah. it's too although, much although is that really him or is that Max's perception of him I don't know I was gonna ask but at the same time I don't know how Max would have come up with some of that stuff because it's so out of character uh-huh. yeah like he talks about digging up Rachel Amber's body and doing stuff that's not a max thing. yeah that's not a max yeah thing, our right? dear sweet max would never <laughs> <laughs> you know i just realized is this another one of those games where you just love the main character and is max another um elizabeth for you oh god no i don't particularly like max really either yeah what's your what's your bone to pick with max a fucking journal, dude. I don't want to read that shit. It's so long and boring. <laughs> I just didn't. I just didn't read it then. Well, I was like on your like your stream when you started playing it and you were reading like the first eight pages. I was like, oh, for God's sake, James. Just don't worry I, about well, it. Well, I didn't know at the time. But yeah, I was like, holy shit, this is a lot. Um, and then at the end of the game, I looked and it was like page eight out of 57. And I was like, no way. There's no way. No. But, like, you can just ignore the journal. Well, yeah, it's not just that. I think, like, again, any... Well, not any. A lot of media that's concerning teenagers can either be, like, for adults about teens or for teens about teens. And, like, this had, like, a weird, like, general audience aspect to it, I think. And the teen component of it it's difficult, I think, as an adult to go back and find interesting. And it's the same with teen shows. When they have, like, their little, like, romance love triangles, whatever, and they have a crush on. Like, as a teenager, you fucking love that shit. Like, because you're excited about the idea of having a crush on somebody and that's interesting to you. 
as a fucking cantankerous, miserable, fucking old spinster like me, I don't Aren't give a you fuck like the same about age like as me. <laughs> <laughs> but James, James, do you want to hear about like some fifteen-year-old in euphoria well, no. having like fucking? Well, no, like, I do don't. <laughs> cantankerous. And as much as I love Warren, for me, like I don't want to hear like all the things that. That's just, it's just an example. Like, all the things that she cares about, I've been through, I've done, and I've become, like, oh, what am I going to be when I'm older? Oh, fucking, your dreams will be crushed and you'll work in an office. Cool. I don't, I don't <laughs> have time for your hopes and dreams, Max. That doesn't, we don't have hopes and dreams here anymore. Okay. So, like, all of that stuff is very difficult for me to enjoy from my pessimistic <laughs> standpoint in life. And I don't hate her like I hate Chloe. I just don't love her like I loved Elizabeth. My girl. Baby, miss you. Right, we, we gotta, we're gonna pull the plug on this. She's getting back on this. It's like the third Bioshock Infinite <laughs> incursion we've had. I liked Max. I was like... Because I agree with you about the like, it's a it's a story about teenagers, but like I'm, I'm an adult now and like, yeah, I don't want to hear about the drama stuff. I don't want to hear the hellas. I don't care who's dating who. All that stuff is irrelevant to me. But as far as main characters go, like, I enjoyed Max. She was fun. She's nice. She's not, like, trying too hard to be funny. And if she is, like, sometimes she's self-aware and, like, groans at herself. It feels very 2013, the humor. And I don't know, since I'm literally, like, a college freshman the same time as Max, I guess I give her a little bit more leeway there. I think... For me, the main issue was Max, and this was necessary for the mechanics of the game, is that she's so plain and nothingy, right? She doesn't have much of a personality. She had to be that way in order for all of the players' decisions to make sense, right? Imagine if you were controlling Chloe and you were like made an empathetic or decision or something that was like selfless. That, that wouldn't make sense within her character, right? <laughs> Whereas with Max, you can paint yourself and you can self-insert and you can also make any of those decisions from the decision tree that they give to you. And, it, and it's still within the realm of Max because she's such a blank canvas. Yeah, I, I think she's a blank canvas so long as you are still altruistic. I don't, I guess I didn't take any, like, I didn't go the evil Max route on anything. I still got the general vibe of like, she's... Not to sound like Jefferson here, but she does have that, like, naivete about her. And she's overall nice, and she's vulnerable a lot with people. She seems like she's genuine. And so, but yeah, you're you're right that she is still pretty bland or blank. That's fine. Nice. Max is nice. Yeah, (laughs) Max is nice, and that's about it. Max is nice. Yeah, no problems with Max. If I was going out for a drink, a burger, whatever, she can pop along. Yeah. I'll, I'll ask her about Kiriskura, or however you pronounce it, and the Giro types. I already know the answer to this question. I'll just fucking dive into the maw anyway. Who's your Who's your favorite character in this? <laughs> uh, Chloe. <laughs> Bonus points if you don't say Warren. Don't say Warren. I think, <sighs> I'm trying to think of another character. Like, there's not that many. Uh, I mean, you got Alyssa. William. William. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh. Nathan, Jefferson, Frank, Pompidou, Joyce, Brooke, the drone girl. Yeah, none of these are really doing it for me. 
I'm gonna. It's gonna have to be the the big W. The big dub. Best clothes, best haircut. Yeah. Sweetest text messages. Yeah, the short sleeves over the long sleeves. Long sleeves. Yeah, yeah I haven't forgotten. Wow. He's dripped out of his mind. Who's your favorite character, James? I mean, I. Ooh. You've tur- you've flipped the script on me. I think due to the complexity, even though I don't like him as like a like I wouldn't I wouldn't hang out with him, but as a character, I think David might be my favorite. Just just yeah, because there's should. so much going on with him and the different interpretations you can get from him based on what we've seen as we demonstrated cuz yeah, you said you didn't remember seeing him hit Chloe while that like permanently changed the way I viewed him. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't mean I didn't see it. I might have just gone, yeah. Yeah, no, I think, like, David's my favorite character in terms of how the characters were written. But in terms of, like, characters that I like on an emotional, personal level. No, obviously not. No one's picking David there. Probably. Yeah. If I were, if you had thrown me back in time and I was a classmate alongside these guys, I probably would have hung out with Warren and I probably would have been like, ooh, Chloe's cute. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, I get it. I get it, <laughs> Rachel. Rachel, okay. I'm, I'm done with this. I'm gone. You've you've ruined Chloe for me. You've ruined Chloe for me. The scales have fallen yeah, from my eyes. That's what I'm here to do. Yeah. This is my actual intent with the podcast. <laughs> to just spread the truth about Chloe. Oh. It is the truth. What? We have one character we didn't mention. Uh, What about Samuel, the janitor guy? Oh, I don't remember. Oh, wait, he's nice, right? Yeah, he's a little creepy, but then it's just like, oh, he talks like that. Because <laughs> well, he uses like the he uses like the third person and he's always talking about the animals and he it's like he almost Ooh. knows that Max has powers. Yeah, I don't I don't remember him too much. I just remember his little mop and bucket, right? Cause that's part <laughs> of the You have to use that somewhere, right? Yeah, you kill Victoria with the mop and bucket to hit her weak point. For massive damage. No, I love that. I love that character in all movies. And again, this is, a, I guess, a bit of a trope. But there's always, like, that one guy that... Typically, like, he's got, like, some stubble. But, like, a five o'clock shadow, unsexy stubble. Like, slightly... Hasn't been showered for a while. Stubble. Maybe he's dribbling a bit. Maybe he's chewing tobacco. He's got bad teeth, right? Really big eyes. And he's kind of probably, like, 56. And he's got a limp. And he'll walk by and he'll look at the main character. And you know that he knows. And why is he in every... Why is he every... Why is he in all movies? <laughs> Who is he? He doesn't I, do anything. He doesn't really serve anything else but to just be like this all-knowing presence. Well, I think he's a red herring for the killings, too. I think you're supposed to be... I think, like, it comes oh. down to him, Jefferson, and then, like, people can have their pet theories about David and maybe somebody else. But I think he is like an early red herring where you're supposed to get creeped out by him and then be unsure. Because, yeah, he's talking to himself. Or he's not talking to himself. He's talking about things in the third person. And he lets on that he knows that Max has some sort of power and connection with Arcadia Bay. I never, I never once suspected Samuel. Oh, yeah. I never, it never nice occurred to me. I like, the, I, if someone likes animals, they're not a killer. Sorry, like that's obviously not. Who's next? I've got terrible, terrible news about many world leaders throughout history. Hitler, didn't Hitler kill his own dog? Uh, I think he loved his dog. Like a lot. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I never, I would never. Samuel, I like, that's again, 
when I was saying, like, they don't give you any option but to think it's Jefferson. Samuel's too nice. Take the scrolls away. <laughs> and maybe. 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 I also just like janitors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't know if you had more about janitors. <laughs> I was kidding, but the fact that you said yeah in such a way, I was like, oh, I didn't know this was, like, a common thing to like. Well, as a teacher... I view janitors as, like, they're the unsung heroes. Like, they keep everything working. They do the shit that other people don't want to do. They should be paid way more and respected way more. And so when I saw Samuel, I was like, there's my guy. Yeah, so the uh, same as, like, waitresses. You love them. Yeah, Joyce, I see you. I think, like, the janitor in most movies, much like the knowing... Well, he is the knowing guy. But the janitor is always, like, helpful. Janitor will, like save the girls running from the murderer he'll be like come in my closet you know <laughs> very comforting <laughs> come into my my safety closet Whoa, this guy's trustworthy. <laughs> what's like the most striking imagery in this game in your opinion and you can't say chloe like suffering in a wheelchair you have to pick like a like a scene a scene? I mean, I don't know if I'm going to be able to remember, like, a specific... Okay, again. Me love America. <laughs> me love all thing I see. Okay? <laughs> like, I love the diner. I, I love... Yeah, exactly. Two whales... Di- like, uh, you said to me, where are we going? I said, we're going to do the podcast in two whales. Because that shit... I would just... I would just bask in the glory of being in the diner. And I would just look out of the window and look at, like, the school bus and the cars driving by. Because that's all I ever dreamed of. That's all I ever wanted. So that's just the entirety of Arcadia Bay, which is based, it's meant to be like in Oregon. And it's based on a place called, I think, Astoria. Oh. And mixed a little bit with a place called Garibaldi, which is a little town near Astoria because Astoria was too big. So for me, it was just like role playing, living in those places. That was cool. It wasn't a specific... I mean, maybe if I played it again, I'd be like, oh, hey, this is cool, and I should have mentioned that. But, like, right now, I'm like, no, it's just it's just all a delight for okay. me. Like, driving in Chloe's car, walking along the tracks, which was, like, an homage to Stand By Me, you know, like, when they're going down the train tracks yeah. into the open, because obviously Stand By Me was filmed in Oregon also. It's just all lovely. Yeah, I love that episode of Buffy. Uh, um... <laughs> I'm sweating. Well, um, I'm sweating more. <laughs> did you have like obviously you you wrote that question down because you saw some stuff. I'm assuming that was like well, not, really cool. Not necessarily because like the Nathan one we slam dunked and agreed on. But um, no, I did have uh, one thing that kept popping up in the game. But that's because I'm a total softy when it comes to animals. And also, I thought it was like a very striking thing was the the whales that were on the shore like dead like that was just a very ominous just incredibly sad image to see these these beautiful animals that are hopeless and dead right before a tragedy is about to wipe out the town like every time they showed the beach and that was there it just it made me sad but there's no there's no real depth to it other than the the impending doom and i like (laughs) whale whale cute whale nice whale belong in water why whale sand? Um, Why whale dead? Put whale back in. Me, me scared of whale though. Big underwater. Yuck. Yeah. For me. <laughs> well, whale on land. Run away from whale. <laughs> whale no feet. <laughs> Until the whales are getting fucking launched by the by the hurricane, and then you see them like in town. But 
That's still so sad. But yeah, the diner thing, I really do want to like just the cafe in my hometown is right by the only traffic light intersection in the whole town. (laughs) And it's like right in the center. So you see all the traffic going by, going to the school, going to the stores. I love small town. American life is just such so fascinating and, and lovely to me that yeah I did just sit in in two whales much like we're doing now yeah Yeah. get some pancakes maybe some chicken tendies if you're so inclined Uh, yeah I just when preparing for this episode I went to two whales and (laughs) Joyce was like hey what do you want do you want like pancakes like waffles or like sausages and bacon or something I was like oh shit no beans on toast this has made the story different Like, even then, I was, like, paralyzed by decision. Like, oh, God, I don't want to pick the wrong one. <laughs> That's why I have Emma order for me anywhere I go. I just can decision paralysis. <laughs> Everything goes blurry and time freezes. Uh, I, I don't think it affects your story, probably. No, I wouldn't say so. Still, it was nice to be taken back. Yeah. Joyce hides a gun in your pancakes if you pick the pancakes <laughs> route and then you pull it on Frank later. It's pretty badass. Yeah. One's laced with fentanyl. Never got that option in the first <laughs> Oh, that's. I think Frank might be a better question than Nathan in terms of okay. sympathy. Because initially, I was pretty like annoyed with Frank, and he's a scumbag. Like he literally pulls a knife on two teenage girls. But I mean, I don't know if he actually tries to use it when you're at the junkyard. But the interaction at his trailer. When his dog can come out and attack, and it just turns into a shootout, that really, that really made me sad because I saw Frank die alongside his dog like eight times. I think I was terrible at that part. But how'd you feel about old Frank? I I was like ambivalent to Frank. I like Frank's character in a lot of stuff, and I think I talk about every character as as the generic character across all media. Yeah. But what really got to me is at Chloe's funeral, which you never went to <laughs> because you saved Chloe. I saw it on YouTube. Uh, oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. Well, Frank and Doug turn up. Yeah. And I love that. I think that's really sweet. Like, Warren's there also, don't know why. I kept waiting for him to, like, reach out and touch my hand. He didn't, again. Yeah, maybe you're a little bit right. He is a pussy. Hold my hand at Chloe's funeral, Warren. Um, That's one of the few places I'd be like, don't do that, Warren. Oh, really? I thought, no, like, comforting me. That's not the place. Well, okay. It's a comfort hand. Okay, comfort hand. Okay, fine. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Frank Frank is, like, slightly away from everybody, obviously, because he wasn't invited, but he's standing near a tree. With his dog, and I'm like, oh, Frank's a good guy, really. We love Frank. Yeah, I mean, Frank's complicated. Like, yeah, he's dealing drugs to children, or, well, I guess they're adults now. So, I mean, it's still, like, an unregulated drug trade, and he's, like, loaning money to people and getting aggressive with them. But he cares about people, he cares about his dog. He's, did you tell him that Rachel was drugged using the drugs that he sold. I think so. He fucking falls apart. He's like yeah, he's a good absolutely guy. devastated. Well, I don't see I don't I still don't know if I can call him a good guy, but at least he's human in this. I think a lot of a lot of media shows like drug dealers as this ultimate evil and they've like cast aside their humanity. Like no, they're still people like they still feel things. It's like Nathan made horrible decisions based on his circumstances did not forgive the other frank is probably just getting by like maybe he 
doesn't have a choice, right? He just needs to make money and this is the life that he's fallen into. And that happens to people in the real world all the time. But he's still like a, got a good heart. So like, yeah, he does something slightly questionable, but he doesn't want to hurt anybody. People do drugs of their own accord, right? Like it's their decision. Yeah. He's just a provider. And he's life's dealt him a shit hand, but he's a good guy, unlike Nathan. Shit hand, shit guy. Although, how old is Frank? I don't know, like 40 maybe? Oh, see? Think? That's the other thing, like, oh, I loved Rachel. Okay, Frank, how old was Rachel again, and how old are you? Frank might be like 26. It's hard to tell because he's a cartoon. It's, well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I didn't understand because he's like a video game, and so is his girlfriend, so. That was like the one, like, the drugs... Whatever. The fact that you're a however old, like, slime ball and you're hanging around teenage girls, that I viewed more as, like, a character flaw uh, that weirded me out. He's not hanging out with them, right? Like, isn't he just giving them drugs? He's taking pictures of Rachel, like, scantily clad, and I thought they were an item at one point, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know you're right. Yeah. Maybe he's young. Maybe he's, like, 22. <laughs> like how it just keeps maybe well no because i'm just thinking in american movies you know how like 35 year olds play 22 year olds maybe they got a 35 year old cartoon to play the 22 year olds that's what i'm thinking like they make 18 year olds they'll get like a 14 year old and it might look 18 but then the moment you cross like that threshold suddenly it's a 36 year old playing he's like uh if you were a fan of dawson's creek you'd be familiar i did some googling he's 31 oh and now, the actor or the cartoon actor no, no, or the cartoon he's the, playing? The cartoon character. Uh, let me just look up Rachel real quick. Uh, 18, she's 19 in the missing persons poster. So I guess if you he wanted might to say... like a sister. <laughs> no, he's... I don't know what's happening between them. Rachel's old enough to make her own decisions maybe at 18. Yeah, I'm still raising an eyebrow. I'm still gonna Listen, raise If it was a human 31 year old man flying with an 18 year old girl, I would be so repulsed and disgusted and go on one of my rants about how I hate all men. Right. Um, absolutely all men. Um, no exceptions. But it's a cartoon and it's got a dog that he likes. So in this scenario, I'm a little bit more, I'm a little bit more freewheeling with it. I'm a little bit more accepting. Yeah. Oh, God. Um,. I'll still say he's yucky, but I like his dog, so. He's, yeah. He's probably just like, I don't want to make excuses for a disgusting old man hanging out with an 18-year-old. But does he have, like, <laughs> However, any affection in his life? Like, like, is he just talking to whoever he can talk well, to? Maybe like, he, should, he just needs anyone. Maybe he should talk to women his own age. I mean, fuck. Yeah. Uh, I just like Frank because he, he looked cute at the funeral with the dog. Not cute in a worrying way. Just like, Nice, nice guy. Uh, another another character you can feel conflicted about, but yeah, yeah, maybe maybe just join like a local bowling league or something. Frank, hang out with people your own age, stop pulling knives on girls, that sort of thing. Maybe he's like emotionally stunted because whatever trauma he experienced was at like sixteen, so he's never really stopped being sixteen in his head, you know? No, I think you should they say, right? I think you should join the bowling league. I'm gonna that's my answer. Right. That's my answer to all uh, mental health issues is join the bowling league. Nathan bowling. Frank bowling. Yeah. Sam, keep doing what you're doing, but you're welcome to join bowling. 
<laughs> we love Samuel. Um, if you had Max's powers, what kind of shenanigans would you get up to? Oh, well, I think I would need a shenanigan to present itself okay. first. Because you can't, for example, if I used it to, like, steal, and I went back in time, I would then not have stolen. The only thing that stays with me is the memory or the information, right? Well, you keep the thing, Oh, too. so I'd win the lottery. No, you're like, no. Yeah, cause, if I stole money and went back in time, I wouldn't have the money. Yeah, because you do that with Frank's keys. He he puts yeah. his keys on the table, you grab them, he chases after you, but then you rewind time and the keys are in your pocket and he doesn't have them anymore. That's just poor stories. That's terrible. Don't, oh, that's ruined it for me. I forgot. <laughs> no, that's not. What's the explanation for that? How does that work? This isn't a Bill and Ted scenario where you can, like, imagine it and it happens because you've gone back in time and done it. Like, that's different. <laughs> and you, like, t- there's another thing, and again, one of the flaws of streaming this. Max basically teleports, too, because she'll... Uh, do you remember when you break into the principal's office, you, like, blow open the door, an alarm goes off, you walk yeah. into the office and then rewind time so that you don't blow open the door, but Max is still in the office, and then she can just open it from the other side. So, like, uh. what the fuck did Chloe see? Was Max just there one moment and then just blinked out of existence and showed up on the other side? Yeah, I'm not fucking with that. <laughs> I thought it was just the knowledge. Like, you go in, you read the emails, you rewind time, you've got the emails in the brain... Well, let's just go with that, then. We'll go with that, then. Oh, I'll just win the lottery, probably. Okay. We like winning I'm not. I'm not going to come up with something creative and inventive for the sake of entertainment on a podcast when ultimately anyone's decision would be win lottery. That's kind of what mine would be, too. So, I'll... Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take Sorry. it. I'll win the lottery. Sorry. I just want to be a millionaire for yeah. free. Yeah. Take a picture of myself, do a bunch of cool stuff, and then zoom back into my picture, win the lottery. An easy answer. Oh, probably, like, if I spend a lot of time. But you, she only gets, like, 30 seconds, right? Or are we doing, like, full photo? Well, you can do the photo one, too. I was gonna say, like, if... Do you have any photos that you would jump into to go back in time? Oh, gosh, probably. But just... Maybe just to watch as, like, a bystander to just relive like a happy uh like joyful time and probably cringe to be honest the same way as would a facebook album (laughs) but like it would be cool to just like watch yourself as like an 18 19 year old having the time of your life right yeah well you become yourself again in that moment remember oh forever well i mean like when she goes back to save william like she's herself as a 13 year old again i i think like it eventually like fast forwards once the moment's over and you're you're stuck with whatever alternate timeline you've created for yourself but yeah you're 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 back then and then you get fast forwarded back to the present i think oh well hmm. it's a strange mechanic because like you could infinity loop like your 20s if you wanted to or something right i guess yeah and then never grow old and just hang out with either the same people that you love forever or move on make different friends each time live a million lives but not if you're just gonna like be there for five minutes and then get catapulted to the present day and then go because you would never be able to work out the nuance of what you did on that day that changed <laughs> this big, huge avalanche of butterfly fl- effect for, like, ten years, right? Yeah. So you would need to live every moment to know, like, how it got to where it got. Because imagine, like, you lived one day, and then you came back ten years later. 
and everything was completely different. You'd be like, did I not send a text? <laughs> did I, like, like, what was it? And having to do that day so many times, like, maybe it was like you closed a door and then that moved a gust of wind and then, like, a piece of paper fell in front of a car and that car crashed into a building and that delayed something else. Like, you don't know. You'll never know if you can't live the whole decade. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's well, fair. That's difficult. It's scary. I... <laughs> Time travel freaks me out, so I don't know if I would ever... Like, even if I had the power, to. I'd just be like... <laughs> the the most I would do is, like like I said before, maybe take a picture at the start of a week and then live through that week, figure out the lottery numbers, go back to the beginning, and then just be kind of creepy for a week where I can predict what everyone's going <laughs> to say. <laughs> Win the lottery and then be like, all right, I'm done. Never doing that. You know, again. you could do like just fifteen seconds, right? You could just, well, or I don't know when the last moment is that you can buy a lottery. Well, I was gonna, it's like an hour was, before, right? Um, I don't know. I've never played the lottery. I I didn't think you have to do a whole week, James. I think. I think a week would be good, though. It's a fun little uh, a demo. Or do you think that's enough to get my hometown destroyed? Oh yeah, that is. Life is Strange is nothing but a cautionary tale. Time travelers, right? <laughs> That's more war and propaganda. I think the tornado would have happened anyway. <laughs> I can't believe you went time travel. It's scary. It's scary. But better than nothing. I'm also worried that, like, in stories like this, you would get addicted to it. Like you said, like, I don't have to say goodbye to anybody. I can just keep reliving these days and doing slightly different things. And yeah. you would just do that forever. And, like, you'd never move on. And I don't know if I would like that, but I also don't know if I would be able to break free from that. But that's a bridge that you can cross when you come to it, whereas the other <laughs> option is there is no option. You know? Well, I don't... You just lose everyone and then you die. Whereas, Or you could be 20 for infinity, and if you stopped wanting to be 20, go, I'll keep going this time. Would hanging out with anyone mean anything, either? If I'm just constantly erasing the experiences... And no one else remembers any of the memories I have. Yeah, I think so. Because you know that that is a, a friend that you have for like that 10 years or whatever. However long the cycle is. So you know that they're a good person. You know that they're meaningful in your life. So you can do things to make that relationship even better. Or do things for them that you know they could have needed. Etc. And just enjoy their company always. Okay. I don't know. I just feel like I would start to get, like, desensitized. Like, there wouldn't be as many surprises in life. I mean, things would still, like, change, I guess. I you're. I think you're confusing time travel with living forever, which is but different. But you can. You can with this. You could yeah, live forever yeah, with this. Yeah, but you live forever in, ten, in a ten-year period. Whereas if you live forever and everyone's dying all the time around you, that's when you get dead into it because you lose everyone. But in this scenario, you lose no one. Ever. Well, you lose that version of them. You're like, all right, well, I, I mean, get... they're going to be the same. But you would say, like, you, you would hang out with somebody for 10 years, right? And then you'd say, well, yeah. it's time for me to go back. <laughs> that yeah. version of the person that you hung out with is now gone. They're, they're gone. Those, those memories, those experiences you had with them their aspirations of what they were going to do past those 10 years, that's meaningless because you've started over again. And so, like... In but they're still the same dude. Depending on what actions you take and how you change things. And if they're the same okay. dude, then why would you why would you do it again? That's silly. What a silly question. 
<laughs> a strong argument, a strong argument. You've cornered no, me. Like, people at their end of their lives, right? right? They're like, oh, I have to say goodbye to everyone I've ever loved forever. Or I could be young and healthy and fit with everyone I love again. I'll do that one, right? Yeah, yeah, I see that. And it's the same person. Like, this isn't a movie. If you met me when I was 18, right, and right. spent 10 years knowing me and went back to when I was 18, I would still be the same today, right? At the end of that 10 years, every time. Nothing different, unless you, like, stab me or take me to... <laughs> I don't know, a really dangerous, to Detroit, and I get shot. Unless you're like, oh, let's start a, a drug business, <laughs> right? Unless you As insert some, <laughs> some catastrophe, like, catastrophe to my life, I'm otherwise going to be the same person every time. You could make a million podcasts with me, and they would all be with the same guy, unless you inserted something tremendously different but i thought the whole point was that like little things can have unexpected consequences too like maybe i introduce you to somebody new that i wouldn't have otherwise in a different timeline and that that changes your life in some wacky way i mean possibly but the person's still going to be the same isn't it i could i can imagine some like wildly different versions of myself depending on like a few choices i make in life so i think like when we talked about Bioshock Infinite, I think we both came to this, like, thing. You thought that you might be different in different oh, yeah. Bioshock Infinites. And I was the same to me. Yeah. I don't think I would be different in any scenario. I think this is just fucking who I'm stuck with. And I, I think I'll always be like this. I don't think I'm going to change in 20 years' time. I was the same 20... Not 20 years ago, I wasn't the same. But, you know, like, I was the same 10 years ago. Okay. And we differ on this point. We do. I think you we think do. that you could be different. I, <laughs> yeah, which is a lie. You'll always be the same, James. You'll always be the same. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I guess we, we've wrapped back around to that argument in a very, very roundabout way. <laughs> we took a while. We took a while. But I, I see what you're saying. I guess I see what you're saying. I always envision like the different versions of everybody, including myself. And you're looking at how they can stay the same. Right? Yeah, I just think people, for the most part, once they reach a certain age, for sure, like maybe if the childhood was different, or like, so I'm an only child, maybe if I had a bunch of siblings, I would be different. Right. But you can't impact that by meeting me again when I'm 18. True, true. I can't. I, like, all of my formative experiences have happened. So far. And you think, like, so for example, Tana Mojo, right? You know Tana Mojo? <laughs> sure. <laughs> She's, you know, the way that she is, because she her parents were shit, she grew up in Vegas, she's very gregarious, very friendly, very loving it seems, but you know, very brash also, attention seeking, because she didn't get it from her parents. If that had changed, she might be different if she had different parents, but I don't think, I think even if she was like a waitress now and not a vlogger, she would be that loud mouth, gossipy, texting you all night waitress, instead of influencer i don't think she would be different in those two lives but i mean if she was a waitress instead of a influencer she wouldn't have like the same resources available she wouldn't be able to she would have different stressors in her life she'd have different like leisure activities which means she'd have different friends she'd have a different support network i don't know what tana's politics are that might change <laughs> like i don't know that's oh, that's the I angle think i'm she coming would still from. be her I think you, 
I think you just have a weak sense of self, James. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I could see myself getting duped by some shitty, like, I don't know, self-help guru or something in an alternate timeline. And that and that version of me would suck pretty hard, I think. But, so, so if I was, like, a Scientologist, right. I think I would still have the same sense of humor, um, levels of pessimism and optimism, same other interests, like, still, like, Apex Legends, like... <laughs> I would just also be a Scientologist and probably talk about that a lot more. But I don't think talking about something as an interest is the same as me being a different, having a different personality too much. See, I would come at it from the angle of if you're a Scientologist, you're probably going to become socially isolated. If you're, I don't know what the church's stance on Apex Legends is, but... (laughs) Uh, they may try to restrict, like, what sort of things you do in your free time. And, hey, maybe you should spend some more time with your fellow uh, churchgoers. And I think that would, like, change your... Pre- I, I don't think you would... I can't imagine you being a Scientologist. So... Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> um, but that's one of those cases where I feel like that would be a major change. Where I wouldn't see you as the same person if... There's a Scientologist Clem in a different timeline. I'd be like, whoa, I'd want to see how different she is if she fell into the Church of Scientology. I think I would just talk about different things. I mean, I don't, there's no way of knowing because no one's ever been two people. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <Yeah>. Anyway. <laughs> Back to Life is Strange. Was, was there any further questions? I think, that was, I think that was kind of the bit that I wanted to get into at the end there was... What would you do with those powers? But I guess I'm too, I'm too afraid to use them. I think it would fuck me up too much. And you want to win the lottery, and I would probably also just, just use it to win the lottery, and then <laughs> say I'm good. Yeah, and obviously it's something that you would take it as it comes, right? Like you can't say oh, I would use it for this because you don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah, that's true. But, like shit would happen. You'd be like, oh, pop back. Yeah. It doesn't happen now. Yeah, maybe do a little rewind, and then I have my own funny little adventure. It's rewind time. <laughs> get Will Smith to say it every time. Yeah, that would rule. And then I'd look at the camera and say, I guess my life really is strange now. <laughs> Did you have uh, anything to say to the people who let Kate die? Like, anything about their moral failings? or Let Kate die? Ooh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what they did. Let Kate die? Yeah, they let Kate die. Okay. <clears throat> Hi, everybody who had to sadly, unfortunately, experience Kate's death. I'm so sorry you had to go through that. I know you did everything you could. We all did. Just know in another in another life, she she's still walking around. She's still doing her little thing, you know? She's happy somewhere. In James's game. <laughs> yeah, in my game, she's, she's fine. <laughs> Provided the disaster radius from the hurricane wasn't too, too large. Otherwise, <laughs> sorry, Kate. Sorry. Bye. Yeah, bye bye, Kate. But yeah, that's that's the end here. Uh, do you want to uh, shout out anything, plug anything, bring up any games that you want to dissect with me in the future? I would love to dissect more games with you in the future. I don't have any games coming to mind right now, apart from Disco Elysium, but that's <gasps> a lot. It's too much. What? Emma's playing it right now, and I'm probably going to play it sometime this year. So... If you want to do a Disco Elysium episode, I would do that for sure. I absolutely would. It's it's one of my favorite. It's in my top. I have three top games on Steam. One of them is Bioshock Infinite. One of them is Hunt Showdown. And then the other one is Disco Elysium in a little section on their own called Best Boys All Time. (laughs) 
Do you want to play us out? Do you want to say the line? Wow. Isn't life strange? Is that what? <laughs> <laughs>